0: This is Symposium.
1: After I finished the book, I wanted to know exactly what the truth behind that was.
0: Krishna opens his mouth and she looks in his mouth and she sees the whole universe.
1: If you go back and watch Friends, they never talk about politics. And it's not a big surprise, but it's kind of like, really? Like,
0: it never came up? He had to re-evaluate his whole student senate and he straight up told them we need to reevaluate ourselves and check ourselves. Which is fascinating and wonderful in so many different ways. Hey there, thank you so much for hitting play on this podcast. Just in case you haven't listened to the trailer or if you aren't familiar with the Echo, this show is produced under the Eastern Echo, which is Eastern Michigan University student newspaper. And the series, Symposium, all started with EMU's Undergraduate Symposium. Now, this event features undergraduate students who have been nominated by their professors to present their work. And I know work is a really vague term, but these kids really come up with everything, You'll find your typical poster presentations, yes, but the first time I went to one of these there was also a VR program you could test, some sculptures, scale models, there were fashion designs, um, there was a robot with his own little rink, the undergrad symposium really showcases some of the best of the university and it's introduced me to some of the most thoughtful, creative people I've had the pleasure of meeting. But, due to the 2020 outbreak of COVID-19, the 40th annual symposium, so this year, was cancelled along with all other campus events. So that's where we come in. Our team of writers and producers had actually been planning to do a piece or short series about the symposium all year, but after it was canceled, I felt like we had all the more reason to showcase these student projects that never got shown off. So, enough of me. Without further ado, here's Emily Proctor with her project titled, When Did Hanging Out Get So Complicated? So,
1: this started as a paper in my um, history and criticism of radio and TV class, and we just had to compare two shows from one from the 90s and one from like the 2010s. And so I thought like, oh, I watch a lot of sitcoms. I'm going to look at Friends because that's really popular. And then I was like, you know what is really similar to Friends is New Girl, but that was it started in 2011. And so then we had been talking about in class like the idea of like a family sitcom or an organizational like business sitcom, the ones where people are working in an office. And I was like, well, what kind of sitcom is Friends? And then by default, New Girl. And I figured out that it was this Peter Pan hangout one where it's a group of friends together and they work, but you don't really see them working. And it's more about their day-to-day lives. And so I ended up writing this like seven page paper about it.
0: She worked with Professor John Cooper to develop her paper into a longer piece that she prepared for the Undergrad Symposium. I do have to warn you, though, there are spoilers about both New Girl and Friends. But anyway.
1: So from there, I met with Mr. Cooper after winter break. And he was like, well, let's um, go further into, like, the social and political climate that these shows kind of took. Because back in the 90s, like, a lot of things from Friends nowadays didn't age particularly well um but if you go back and you look at like the political climate of the 90s and what people were used to seeing on tv it actually was very transformative for that time just now after years and years of like change and differences in society it looks bad but it really paved the way for what can be talked about on tv and new girl kind of did stuff that friends did just like better post, like,
0: 2010. Can you, not to put it on the spot, but can you give, like, an example of that, where, like, something in Friends hasn't aged well, but, like, the topic was very fitting at that time? Yeah, so
1: one thing I really talk about in both my presentation and the paper was the use of, like, LGBTQ characters or um, storylines as kind of a punchline. There's the whole thing with ross david schwimmer's character on the show his ex-wife um became a lesbian and then she got married on the show so a lot of people forget that that's like the first televised like gay wedding on a sitcom but a lot of the the jokes don't age as well so it's kind of like oh why did you do that but at the time that was more normal whereas like new girl takes one of um Zooey so Deschanel's character, her and CeCe's best friend, is a lesbian gynecologist. And it's not so much a joke as it's just a fact. And it's so it's incorporating diversity um, without making it a punchline. But back in the 90s, that's kind of all they knew what to do because people were still like, Ooh, do we talk about this? Do we not? So I focused on that a lot.
0: But the LGBTQ community wasn't the only touchy subject for 90s sitcoms. Another one was politics, just all politics
1: so if you go back and watch friends they never talk about politics and it's not a big surprise but it's kind of like really like it never came up (laughs) um but it did in new girl they have a whole episode where schmidt is pretending to be related to mitt romney so he can get girls so that's really funny because they never even talk about politicians and friends but they have this whole story arc and then there's another one i think it's in season six where jess and Cece are like, canvassing for Hillary Clinton, it's during the 2016 election, so I just thought that was really cool that we were able to talk about politics now and actually, like, show political stances of characters. I feel like that never happened before, and another thing I talked about a lot was um, how diversity was handled. Like, friends, they're all white. (laughs) They're very white. They don't really date any people of color, and it's just kind of, like, really, you never came across anybody in 10 years of everybody hanging out. Like you've all just hung out with white people. And so, but new girl, it's just diverse from the get go. Like you have, of course, still white lead falls for the white guy, but there's her best friend is Indian and they show a lot of, um, culture stuff with her getting married. They have an arranged marriage and then she gets married to a Jewish man. And there's, um, Several leading black people in the show, and they have um, episodes making fun of um, one of the white characters, Schmidt, who doesn't understand like what it means to be black. So he's like, "Winston, I want you to be your blackest self." And Winston's like, "I don't think you understand what that means." And so I just, I love New Girl so much because it it makes fun of society and how um, prior sitcoms just were so whitewashed. And so that was really interesting to look at.
0: And then something that really stood out to me in your abstract was you talk about like the post 9-11 era. Can you talk about how like 9-11 ties into it? Yeah. So
1: when I was doing my research the first time around, a lot of um, quotes from articles were talking about how there's one in particular, I have it pulled up. It was really interesting to me. Here, let me find it. Okay. Okay. It says, it's talking about the finale. And so I wrote that New Girl succeeded in creating a brilliant hangout sitcom for the 2010s, one that will take viewers back to the moment in time for years to come, much like Friends takes people back to the 90s. And then this article that I read said, despite the time jump forward in the show's universe, this happens in New Girl, the last episode does like a time jump. It says, watching these past handful of episodes felt like stepping back in time to a world where Obama is still president. And for half an hour at a time, each episode has felt like eating one of those chocolate cakes by myself, but inevitably it would end. I'd open up Twitter and sugar crash. These are just not adorkable times. New Girl was built to be a post-post 9-11 show, not a post 11 one. And of course, 11-9 is when Trump was elected. Um, So that article was from Vulture. It was by Jesse David Fox, and it was about New Girl's legacy. And so I guess it was just, the sitcom was kind of reinvented after 9-11. Like, people were more... um, careful about what to talk about. I know that Friends has an episode where the scenes were all cut and reshot because there was a plot about Monica and Chandler trying to get on a plane to go on their honeymoon. And they were like searching Chandler for a bomb. And that episode was supposed to air right by 9-11. And they were like, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) Um, So it's just about like, what should we talk about? What topics should we cover? um, And which ones should we Maybe not. So like making things more lighthearted, I think, in a sense, like if you watch New Girl, you're just instantly kind of happy. You don't have to take it too seriously. And I think that's what it was coming to. Like, how do we make a show that will make people go back in time for a second and just be happy?
0: According to Emily, the change in tone and topic among sitcoms wasn't just a result of a major turning point in history. The change also, of course, had a lot to do with the show's creators
1: so one of the things me and professor cooper talked about looking at was um the creators of the show to see like what the writers room kind of looked like and so friends it should not be surprising that the writers room was all well primarily white (laughs) and mostly one of the creators marta kuffman is a woman but most of them are men so that's something to look at you're kind of like oh This is who's making the show. That makes sense then. Um, And then also for New Girl, the creator, Liz Merriweather, um, is a woman. She ran the whole thing. But the writer's room there was still pretty white, which that could definitely be improved. But I'm still glad, like, different stories got told.
0: But even with her differences, Friends and New Girl are both extremely popular American sitcoms. And they have more in common than you might think.
1: Another thing is that when I was analyzing like the two shows together and trying to see what they both did well is they both really did like male friendships really well, which didn 't surprise me so much, but it made me happy that like there wasn 't a ton of so friends kind of tackles toxic masculinity and like they have Ross has his moments where he doesn't want his kid to play with Barbie doll. And he doesn't want Rachel to hire a male nanny, but it's kind of making fun of it. A lot of people look at it and they're like, Oh, Ross was the worst. He did all this. And he kind of was, but (laughs) they are making fun of him. It's not trying to drive home those points. It's more of like Ross is an idiot. Um, And on new girl, they do it in a totally different way where all the men are just more real versions of, men, I guess, like they're sensitive, but also trying to be tough. And it's just a better representation, I think, but both tackled male friendships and being really close and guys saying, I love you to each other and hugging and just, I think they showed that really well. The other thing I guess I really drew attention to, especially in the paper that I wrote first, is just how similar the shows are. So the formula just kind of stays the same. We start with, a girl who's just gotten out of a relationship and moves into an apartment. So that's Rachel and then Jess. They do the exact same thing. Um, They have their best friend who is like the opposite of them. So with Rachel and Monica, Rachel was like the popular cheerleader and Monica was like the dorky man geek who had a lot of jokes about overeating, which is another one that didn't age well. Not, not great. Um, Whereas on New Girl, Jess is the dorky school teacher and Cece, her friend, is um, a model. And so the formula for the friendships is very much the same. They both fall for one of the guys in the friend group, Ross and Nick. Um, And then Winston and Phoebe had a lot of similarities that I never really saw. They both love cats, which was in an article I read. They're like, oh, they love cats. Like, I'm really not sure how that really draws them together but they're the more like abstract like um outliers of the group that are just kind of wacky but Winston they kind of reverse Phoebe him and they make him like super duper lovable and give him a great love story by the end where you're like oh he had a great arc (laughs) um whereas Phoebe they kind of underutilize her and then overutilize her sometimes but they're very much similar in that respect and then they come um There was a comparison between the Ross and Rachel and Nick and Jess, and then also Monica and Chandler and Schmidt and Cece. So I just thought it was so interesting how similar the formula is. And it really goes for most shows. You'll realize there's, they start the same and they also end the same. They both end with um, saying goodbye to the apartment that they moved into at the beginning of the series. which. I, I didn't really realize until I did the research and I was like, wow, they're so much the same. And I remember talking to my brother about it. And he was like, friends and new girl are that similar. And then he read my paper and he was like, Oh, they're exactly the same, just two different eras.
0: And I was like, See? Yeah, what you're talking about, I feel like Big Bang Theory and like that formula is literally the show.
1: Yeah, they just kind of switch up the personalities of the characters and then the storylines, and so you kind of forget, but that's the formula, and it's not a bad thing that it's repeated. It's just really interesting that, like, this is our default that we go to, and it's interesting. People keep watching it.
0: Emily ultimately believes that sitcoms are changing for the better.
1: Other shows I've really been into, like, if you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, they're all cops, but they are kind of make making fun of the fact that they're cops. Like, some people are like, oh, Brooklyn 9 is a cop show. I'm like, it's really not. Like, it's making fun yeah. of, <laughs> it's making fun of, like, stereotypes of cops. And that cast is so diverse, too. And so I've just noticed, like, in this new age of television, you're not gonna find a cast that's whitewashed. And I think that's a really good thing because that's just not how America is. That's not what it looks like. And you, when you watch TV, you kind of want to see, like, the world that you live in represented and so if everybody's white talking about white issues it's not a good representation and it's just it just seems um privileged and not it's not as fun to watch you want to see different viewpoints and um making fun of stereotypes instead of like embracing them
0: thank you so much to emily proctor for taking the time to share her work with me and thank you for tuning in to the first episode of symposium our team is planning to have episodes for you every Tuesday, so if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe. And to read more about the Undergraduate Symposium, you can visit emish.edu symposium. You can check out the Eastern Echo at easternecho.com and reach our podcast section at podcast at easternecho.com. Special thanks to Amy Berenger for all her help with this series. This episode was written and produced by yours truly, Ronia Isabel Kabunsug. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.